very much works alongside all the work that's being done in the local churches um, and linked in with that, I hope you don't mind me uh, advertising that there is a new paid position coming up for a worker with families and children at Billericay Methodist Church. Um, it's a full-time position, but a job share or part-time working will be considered. Um, we've had Pam and Julie over the years who've done remarkable work and worked alongside SMB from time to time as well. And we're hoping to find somebody who can continue and grow that work. So the uh, adverts are out in Premier and the Youth and Children's Work magazine um, next week, the October edition. If you want to go online or if you subscribe to that magazine, look out for that advert. The closing date is the 15th of October. Um, but if you want to see some of the details of the advert, uh, I've got a copy here. And if you know somebody who's looking for paid ministry uh, in the area and would obviously consider part-time work um, or even the full-time position, um, then uh, please do have a word with me and I can give you a copy before you go. And then there's an information pack that will be available later in the week. And one other uh, announcement. Uh, Christmas is coming. Um, and uh, Christmas Day provides us, says Paul Carr, with a great opportunity to bless others. Emmanuel Church will host this year's CTB Christmas Day lunch. That's happened over the last three or four years now. Um, can you help on the day? That's Christmas Day. Can you lend a hand for the preparation? You could do that beforehand. We will have an initial meeting to discuss how this will be organised on Monday the 1st of October at Emmanuel Church, 8pm to 930 Please come along to share any experience you've had of helping in the past and help decide if this is something you can help with this year. And then there's Anna, uh, her um, email and phone number here also given. So both these things will go out to all your local church CTB reps. They'll have a copy of these two notices uh, in the next few days. And please remember both these uh, things in your prayers. Okay, thanks. Let's stand, shall we? I'm going to read from Psalm 100, and then we're going to worship the King of Kings. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gate with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen? Amen. Let's praise. Gary's just getting you some chairs, band, if you want to sit down too. <laughs> I just actually want to take this moment to say thank you to these guys for leading us in worship. Some of them are going off to university, so it'll be the last time that they're playing together for a while. So, um, yeah, thank you very much. Excellent. So we're going to do a few updates from the different key stages. So there are four workers that schools ministry employs all part time um, and three of them cover the different key stages that run through education. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit different. I don't do that. Um, my, my role is to look at the strategic um, working of SMB. What do we do? What do we need to do what we do? What do we need to do less of? What do we need to do more of? Um, this time last year, we had a 25-year celebration of Schools Ministry Billericay. We had it in Emmanuel. It was a fantastic time. As part of that, we um, opened up the envisioning to all of the churches, and we said, come along, 
find out what we do and speak into what we do. If you've, got, if you've got an idea, if you've got something that God's laying on your heart, if you've got something that you'd like to see us do, then tell us about it and we'll, we'll pray into it. And um, one of the things that came out of that was this idea of school pastors. Um, there, were, there was lots of conversation, lots of writing down about school pastors. Quite a lot of it came from the one person, didn't it, Phil? Um, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Um, it wasn't a new idea. We talked about it a few years previously and decided that school pastors was definitely something that we wanted schools ministry to be involved with, but it wasn't the time then. With my appointment with my new role, strategic growth coordinator, actually we suddenly had the ability to, to look ahead, to plan ahead and to implement something like this. So this time last year we made the decision that we were going to roll with school pastors. Um, myself and Karen, who's the key stage three, so that's secondary school coordinator we went in to see Mr Mohammed who's the head of Billericay school because they'd already showed interest a few years ago and um we, we sort of we talked about it a bit beforehand and we were spending like the hour before the meeting like really cramming in reading all the school pastors literature making sure we knew everything that he was going to ask us and um and we went in and, and we we spoke about it and he said oh yeah I, I remember when you talked about it before that's brilliant when can you start and um, I've got another school that I'm responsible for. When can you start there? <laughs> we're like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> That's amazing. So right, right from the off, there's just been this way of peace, this way of ease um, with introducing school passes to Billericay School. Uh, in the next sort of month or so, we'll be starting our first patrols. We've been training up our volunteers. Uh, we'll be doing a launch in Billericay School, which I'll let you know the date of when the school have confirmed that. Um, but I just wanted to encourage you. This time last year, we were saying, what's next? Um, and then, amazingly, we went with it, and, um, and it's just been this way of peace, this way of ease. So school pastors will be these trained volunteers from all the local Billericay churches, and they will be a presence, a reassuring role model, listening presence, caring and helping in the school. We're going to start off with lunch times, and we'll have just a small team of two or three going around in a lunchtime. The school have identified like a, a trouble hotspot that they want us to be in after school as well. So that's how we'll start. And um, I've, got, I've got great plans and ideas for where it's going to go, but hopefully we'll go with what God says there. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, so from me, that's the one thing I really wanted you to know. The other thing, and this also involves Phil, so maybe we'll ask him to leave the room or something. But um, <laughs> again, about a year ago, we took on two new members of staff. We took on Karen and we took on Charlotte, which meant that there was, there was a team of two with one that had been on maternity leave for a while, went to a team of four. And Manuel had kindly given us an office that was sort of a one, two-person office. So for the past year, we've, we've been a little bit squeezed in. <laughs> we have to share chairs. <laughs> um, and so we've been praying, Lord, wh- where's our home? Wh- where do you want us to be? What's our base? Wh- where have you got for us? And we've been thanking him because we know that he had that provided. Um, and then a few months ago, um, Phil approached me with an opportunity that had been offered to street pastors. We went and looked around it. It's really suitable for street pastors and for schools ministry. Um, so praise the Lord. We've been really busy over the summer painting. Well, I haven't been painting, but lovely people have been painting, <laughs> putting down carpet, getting in all the incense and stuff. So we've got a new office space sorted. Yeah, really, really exciting. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's so good. It's exactly, if we'd given the Lord a list, which I probably did at some point, it is so good. It ticks everything that we could possibly want. It's in the high street. It's next to the library. Um, we've got parking, got all the space that we need for a team of four. 
and maybe a little bit more as well. And it fits in so well with the new school pastors initiative, having street pastors right next door in the office, but also having the opportunity to close the door if we need to as well. <laughs> so I just want to let you know those two really exciting things. Yeah, and hammer it shut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I do need to get it off you at some point. And, I'm really thanking God for that. So I'm going to ask Sue to come up. Sue is our key stage one, so that's the little E's. She coordinates the work for them um, and a little bit of primary as well. So Sue's going to share some bits. Oh. I, knew I, I knew I'd put them somewhere. They started there and ended up there. <laughs> now they need to be here. Okay, yeah, so key stage one, the little small people uh, that I really, really love. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's actually nothing to do with Key Stage 1 at the moment, but hold it there because we'll come on to that in just a moment. Okay, sadly, when I'm, when I'm in Key Stage 1, I very rarely, I'm um, usually in there on my own, so, I mean, I'm pretty good at multitasking, but I don't really get around to taking photos when I'm uh, doing what I'm doing, so I haven't really got any photographic evidence of what I've been up to this year. But um, obviously, all the normal assemblies, so uh, doing assemblies for all our infant school children is one of the things that I really enjoy. And I very much enjoy having Julian, my husband, coming in to do those with me. Now, he is an absolute star. He's a rock because he plays the piano. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he plays the piano for me, which is brilliant on so many levels. Uh, music is a really powerful tool. It changes atmospheres. And music, when it's played by a believer, somebody who's filled with the life of Jesus, who allows that to pour out of their fingers over the keys of a piano or a keyboard, no matter the fact that in virtually every school, people tell us no one ever plays this thing, like you're the only person that ever touches it. So they're not maybe the most quality instruments. But I can assure you that the atmosphere and what is created when he does that is absolutely amazing. And I'm really, really grateful for it. He, he does it in, for Key Stage 2 as well, works with us, but um, it's, that's a really, it's a really important thing. The children absolutely love it. You know, you can have schools that they're really small, they're really tiny, they're still learning, aren't they, about what it means to line up, to come into the hall quietly, to sit down and wait. Those things are all really difficult for small children to do. I have endless patience with it. Teachers have less capacity for that because they're not meant to, I think, and uh, they've, they've got their targets of how they're meant to be training them. But actually, music is really massively key in that. You know, they come in and you see some of them, you know, they're clicking, they're clapping their little hands, they're joining in and everything. It's really amazing. So we've, we've done all our... Um, uh, like the normal kind of the really big assemblies, the harvest festival celebrations. Sometimes there are parents present at those. Uh, the Easter and Christmas, the big sort of central things. But in between that, we've done lots of other uh, exciting things. I get given some quite intriguing remits sometimes. Uh, uh, journeys we've been on. That was that was quite a fun one. So we had a whole assembly that was based around uh, uh, packing our holiday suitcase, and we had it as a bit of a race between two suitcases. We had to look at our little holiday checklists and go and find everything we needed. We had a timer that that got very exciting, and uh, then we looked at uh, people you know in the Bible that have done journeys, and we talked about that. Lots of different things we've done. Uh, celebrating achievement assemblies. That was really um, that was another really lovely one to be able to stand in front of a hall of little people that are four and five and six and ask them what 
can you do what can you do now that you couldn't do a whole year ago? Now, that's a really big thing for them to get their heads around anyway. But for some of them, if they're maybe prompted by a teacher, some of them know and they say, I couldn't read last year and now I can read. Or I couldn't write my name and now I can write my name. And it's, it's just amazing. I mean, they came out with some incredible things in some of the schools. I mean, some children are, you know, they're like break dancing, all kinds of incredible things that, I, you know, uh, that, that they do. Um, We've done assemblies based around learning uh, what it is to be bold and uh, to uh, learn to be brave. We used a story, uh, actually that one, um, for the first time ever, and I really struggled with this, I uh, couldn't really find a story in the Bible that fitted with a particular way that the theme was phrased. And I used a really beautiful book that's called uh, Kevin, and it's all about a koala. (laughs) I do love this story. Because Kevin is not bold, he's not brave, and he, he spends his whole time clinging to uh, this tree. And even when his friends ask him to come and join in the stuff, uh, he never wants to do. He never wants to do anything until one day the tree gets cut down and poor old Kevin comes crashing down. He doesn't get hurt, so it's all good. But as a result of that, he discovers there's a whole world awaiting for him of, of, pe- of friends that want to help him. And, uh, and so then we, we looked at that story. We had all the pictures on the, on the screen as we went through it. And you could hear a pin drop. And then we, we talked about how Jesus, you know, can help us to be bold. You know, we kind of, you know, we explored it from that perspective. So that was really, that was really fun. I've also done lessons in infant school. Uh, the main remit that I had for those this year was all about creation and awe and wonder. So that's pretty much lovely gift on a plate, really, isn't it? Literally, that's actually a bit of a pun if you knew what we actually did. But uh, so we created our own world, as we told, as I told the story out of the Bible, out of that brilliant Bible that I think I spoke about in that service, the Jesus Storybook Bible. Really fantastic. And then uh, we did a follow-up lesson the following day with each of the classes, where we made our own world on a paper plate that was uh, an epic glue fest of all kinds of things it's very messy I have got one in the office but it's buried in a packing box waiting for us to move in our new office so maybe I'll bring that next year to show you it's a bit it's a bit dogged now um okay so that slide that you saw up there earlier I'm now just going to skip to uh we all have our own key stages but uh we moonlight between all the others as well so I'm moonlighting to all the other key stages and uh this is a piece of Um, work called Mad Lit that is from the It's Your Move uh, transition lessons that we do with Year 6 in July, uh, preparing them for uh, their big transition into secondary school. And uh, some of these pictures, so in this It's Your Move book, if you come to the Jacket Potato Lunch at Christchurch that's held in May, all of the money that is raised from that lunch goes towards purchasing the Scripture Union It's Your Move books that every single Year 6 pupil gets a copy of uh, in our town. And it's, it's packed full of like really fun stuff and interesting stuff. And one of the activities that we do in the lesson is this thing called Mad Lit. So basically it's like a skeleton of a poem that's... Uh, so all the hard work's done for you, they're kind of making it rhyme, and then they have to go through and fill in the gaps as creatively... Uh, as they possibly can, staying within the bounds of all of the all of the rules of the classroom. So uh, that is a lot of fun, and actually, um, often they, we say, you know, if we have time, you get to share them at the end. And sometimes there's a bit of reluctance, but often if you get one. Uh, then you'll get a little flood of them. And it can be really, really interesting to hear what some of these young people uh, have put into the little 
gap bits in their poem about their thoughts and feelings about moving on. I think we had three or four of those um, up there. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're really, really great. I love what I do. Um, and thank you for facilitating uh, me to get to do it. So I'm going to hand over now to Charlotte, I think. the other microphone. Um, I'm shouting really loud. Okay, hi, I'm Charlotte. I do key stage two mostly, like uh, Sue said. I thought it was really loud and that would be fine. So I'm key stage two mostly. I'm Charlotte. Nice to meet any of you I haven't met before. Um, hi. Uh, Key Stage 2 is absolutely fabulous. It's a group of children I love, and they're absolutely brilliant. And uh, we do lots of different things with Key Stage 2. I'm going to just highlight three of those little things with you now. One of those things is we do lunchtime clubs. We do lunch clubs in quite a lot of our schools. Uh, they're either called ALF or Bible Club, depending on where you are. ALF meaning about life and faith. And it's, uh, we do those clubs at lunchtimes and they're totally open to anyone in the school that wants to come. And surprisingly, children actually want to give up their lunchtimes to come and learn about Bible stories and have fun with us. And um, I thought it'd be really boring if I stood up and spoke to you about what we do with children when I know some children who do these lunch clubs who could tell you about it themselves. So I'm going to ask my friend Josie if she could come up and tell you a little bit about some of our lunch clubs. Tuesday lunchtimes I go to Alf Club. It's run by Sue and Charlotte. Every week we get a laminated card to think about what we learned that session. Each session is fun and everyone learns new things every week. We do fun games, Bible verses and activities. Before the summer holidays we were learning about prayer. My favourite activity was when we wrote our own prayer on a card, mobile phone, to show that we can talk to God easily like on a phone. I love going to ALF Club and meeting with my friends. I can't wait for this year's ALF Club, but I'm sad that this is my last year because I'm now in year six. Yeah, so that's Josie. I'm sure if you find her later, she might be able to show you a few of her cards from ALF Club. Brilliant. Thank you so much for that. Um, I think I've got a couple of pictures as well from some lunch clubs up here. So... The little rainbows there are from the lunch club that Josie is a part of. And the one over there is Bible Club at Downham School. I asked them to hide their faces so I could show this picture. So that is why they all look like they're <laughs> really distressed. <laughs> they didn't do it in the subtle way I was hoping for. <laughs> Yeah, so that's some of the lunch clubs. Um, we also do some lessons in our Key Stage 2 schools. So some of those are seasonal special lessons. We do some Christmas lessons called Amazing Christmas that are coming up soon. We sometimes do other lessons, um, like Sue's reflective lessons, and they're really, really great. It's lovely that the schools ask us to do those things. Um, one of the lessons that I teach most often are called Bible Explorer. I've got a few pictures to represent them as well. So Bible Explorer is a really amazing thing where we get to teach the whole Old or New Testament to uh, 
uh, class of children over five weeks. And it's absolutely amazing that we are able to go into schools and teach the entire story of the Bible. And we're asked to do it by our schools, which is just absolutely incredible. Um, so it's 40 story, it puts the Old Testament or New Testament in 40 stories, and they learn eight each week. Some of them stick in their heads as well, which is really exciting. Um, the way we remember them is each story has a little hand sign. And I am going to, right now, ask Ruth <laughs> and maybe Sue just to do the first lesson, just to do the first lesson with me. <laughs> so we're going to show off some of our hand signs for you from... I know, I thought, I'd, thought it'd be fun. <laughs> If you find me later, if you're really lucky, I might do all 40 for you. It's like my super skill. Um, so those are the lessons we do, and I've just got one more thing I'm going to talk to you quickly about, and that is our prayer spaces. So we are able to do some prayer spaces in some schools. Don't worry about it, Chloe. It literally is just a sign that says prayer spaces. Um, so prayer spaces are really awesome there when we're able to set aside time and space in one of our schools to uh, engage creatively with prayer. And we can do it with crafts or with just being quiet and using music and just really making a special space. And it's really, really amazing to give children that space and that time in the midst of what can be a really busy, crazy, hectic school life. And it's really lovely to be able to see them engaging with God and engaging with the Spirit in those prayer spaces. Um, This term, uh, we've done a prayer space based around the theme of us in our community at Downham School with Key Stage 2 children. And that was really, really amazing. Um, I have snuck some prayer space activities into the hall tonight because I love them so much. So at the end, you'll find a little table over there which has got a couple of prayer activities on it that you might want to give a try. One of them is from that community and me prayer space. And that is about praying, using a map to pray for our town and our community. Um, As well as our one-off prayer spaces, we're really, really lucky to have a permanent prayer space in one of our schools, which is the prayer bus at Downham. And that is there all year round in the playground at lunchtimes and is used by loads of kids through the school. And I have again asked a child to come and talk to you about it because that's what I love to do. So we've got Isla who will come up to the front and tell us a bit about the prayer bus. So every couple of days Charlotte comes into school and she asks the year sixes to come and help her to run the prayer bus with her. And... One of the activities is that um, so there's a um, pot of pom poms, different coloured pom poms, and there's a sheet on the wall um, saying, and it has all the different coloured pom poms on the list, and it says something that you can pray about for them. So you could say, I picked out a blue one, I could pray about um, if I was worried about something then I could pray about that and yeah (laughs) how good is that Isla you're amazing Um, so that is Isla's favorite prayer space activity she told me about that before so we've got a little 
adapted specially for this evening version of that up in, over in the corner as well. So if you want to give that a try later, it will be there ready for use, full of pom-poms. And I'm going to hand over now to Karen. Thanks very much. I don't have a snazzy PowerPoint or children to come and speak to you, but I am the only one that remembered to wear their badge, so I think I should get, I should get a gold star for that one. <laughs> um, so I have the absolute privilege of being the Key Stage 3 and 4 coordinator for Schools Ministry. I've been doing it for a year, which is really cool. Um, and we do, well, I go into both Mayflower School and Billericay School. If you go to Billericay School, can I get a wave? There's like one person. Woo! If you go to Mayflower School... Yay! <laughs> um, and it's really fun. I get to do, um, this year I've done um, some Christmas lessons, which we talked about Jesus being, I have to remember them, a new king, <laughs> a rescuing king, a forever king. <laughs> Basically, we, we dressed children up in, um, or young people up in toilet roll, and it was really fun. <laughs> and um, hopefully they'll remember that forever, that they had loads of fun with Jesus at Christmas. <laughs> They also got to wear crowns, which was cool. Um, the other th- lessons that I've done in, in Mayflower School was street pastor lessons, which was really cool because Phil came in with me and Jane came in with me. And um, <laughs> Phil again. <laughs> and we got to speak to year nines, I think we did. Um, we talked to about um, what it meant to be a street pastor and what it looked like. Actually, the, the topic was Christians in action. So we were talking about what does it look like to be a Christian in the community outside of, outside of the churches, the ecclesia that it is that we happen to belong to. So that was really cool to get to do that. And um, the other things that I do is lunchtime clubs. Um, at Mayflower School, Gary and Liz woo, um, come in with me. Um, and Andy sometimes, I don't know if he's here. And um, oh, wave! <laughs> and um, and we we do this great thing called community support at Mayflower School, where we um, basically just wander around at lunchtime and chat to people, which is which is great, and get to know people and support people. And then through, we also run a lunchtime club on a Thursday at Mayflower School, and we run a lunchtime club on a Tuesday at Billericay School, and they're both called New Gen, and they both always involve food, which is always a win. <laughs> <laughs> and then some kind of chat and um, and some time, just just some time to get to know these young people who come along because they're all really cool. Um, what else have I done? We've done we um, support a lot of staff. Actually, it's funny how um, God puts everything in your life together. And I actually had um, the privilege of living in the caretaker's house at Mayflower School from January until July this year, which meant that I got to see a whole other side of the way the school works. So I now am on first name terms with all the caretaking staff and a lot of the finance people that otherwise I would never have got to meet. So it's just been really great that God's put that kind of... um, extra bit into that's not my job but it's part of my life and also my church meets at Billericay school so again I I have a relationship with people that I might not have had um through schools ministry but it kind of adds together and all works together which is really cool um yeah I haven't really got anything else left to say (laughs) wait Wow, only a few things that you're doing, nothing much really, isn't it? And uh, I know that there are uh, many, there's an army of, of volunteers that support um, uh, schools ministry that go in and do stuff, and uh, Sue mentioned a potato lunch, and I just want to recognise that. I think that's just been an awesome uh, uh, support for schools ministry, not just financially, but we see teachers coming, head teachers coming from the local school to come and grab a lunch and just support something that they value, and it's really encouraging to see that in the community. So as a response to all of that, we're now going to sing uh, some more praise songs to God, just 
In that kind of frame of mind of what you've heard, now let's just give praise to our King for what he's allowing us to go on and do in our schools. So let's stand, shall we, as we continue to praise him. It like I wasn't supposed to. What an amazing truth we've just declared that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, so I'm really privileged that I get to share some thoughts with you tonight, um, and hopefully I'm going to use this time well to impart the things that I think it is that God has laid on my heart for everybody here today. Um, so the best place to start, as we know, is with God, so I'm going to pray. Father God, I pray that you will open every heart and mind in here to you. In your beautiful gentleness, we choose to look to you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our lives, and we welcome you into this place. Give me your words, Jesus, and take away anything in me that's not pleasing to you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen. So I think I'm probably pretty safe to say in my, in my assumption that you guys are all, everybody in here is here because they care in some capacity about the children and young people of Billericay. Maybe you go to school here in Billericay, maybe you work at a school here in Billericay, maybe you know somebody who goes to school or you know somebody who works for a school or you belong to a church that supports um, the school's ministry Billericay, which is all of you, so that's cool. Um, so yeah, either way, whatever your connection is to the schools of Billericay, You've turned up tonight because you care in some capacity about children and young people. Um, and you probably, hopefully, everybody's been wondering what... I've got, got to remember I can't move. What these balls are here in front of me. I, I know that Charlotte has been dying to find out what they are. And I did say on Facebook in the week that they are to throw at people who look like they're not listening, so do watch out. <laughs> uh, but I wonder, actually, how you might feel if I tell you that these, each ball represents... 1% of the children and young people in the UK. So people under the age of 18, each ball represents 1% of them, because there's 100 balls here. Um, so at the moment, these are positioned um, in to, to be a visual representation of a statistic, um, which was, um, you can, I'll tell you about where it was from if you care later. Um, but it's, it, this box represents 67% of the children and young people in the UK. And this box represents 33%, and I think that my maths is right. So this is two-thirds of young people, and this box represents two-thirds of 11 to 10 to 11-year-olds in the UK who report that they worry all the time about their life, about school, about their family. All the time. That's constant worrying. This many kids constantly worrying in year six about their lives. And if my glamorous assistant could come and reshuffle the balls for me a little bit. Doesn't, isn't she very glamorous? Thirteen, excellent. So stay there because I need you again in a minute. So now this represents this small box here. That is how many under-18s in, in our country are regularly self-harming. Regularly. Not just once off, regularly. That's how many. Next. One, please. And now, this is the last one. This box, the big box, represents the percentage of under-18s in our country who are not connected with the church. So only... 5%. Actually, I think I've... I don't know if that's the right number of balls. 
<laughs> but there's, there's supposed to be five. Clearly, maths is not my strong point. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, that was completely my fault because I told you the wrong number. Anyway, so <laughs> thanks, Charlotte. <laughs> So this is, this is according to a survey that was done by Scripture Union and a guy called Pete Briley um, a couple of years ago, that 95% of under-18s in our country are not connected with the church. That means 95% of children in our country are not living their best life. They're not connected to Jesus. They're not living in freedom. And they don't know how loved and how valued they are by the creator of the universe. And am I saying that these statistics are correlated with each other? I'll leave that, um, you can draw your own conclusions with that, but I can tell you that in my experience working with the teenagers and, and the children that I work with, it feels like we're in, a, we're in a war. We're in a war against bullying, a war against poor mental health, in a war against isolation, against oppression, against re- restrictions in freedom of speech, a war against mental ill health, a war against harmful thought patterns, and a war against harmful behaviours. And... Um, Where do we go with this darkness? I'm very aware that everything I've just presented to you is very dark, and my intention is to shock you, um, because it paints a bleak and a a pretty hopeless picture. So where do we go with that? What do we do with that? Don't worry, because I do feel like I've got the solution. (laughs) Not going to leave you in that dark place. (laughs) Exactly. Where do we go in the midst of darkness and despair? We go to the source of light, the source of hope, and I believe that is God. And I also believe that God has very handily given us some very amazing tools um, to do that. He hasn't just left us to, to swan about in the darkness on our own. Um, and um, in Ephesians 6, verse 17, it says, it says, Take the sword of the Holy Spirit, the sword of God's word. And I don't know about you, but if I'm going to war, I'm going with a sword in my hand. I'm not going with nothing. The Message Bible goes on in, this, in Ephesians to say, um, to say that God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and pray long. And drops out. Brothers and sisters, keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind and drops out. This scripture is very, very clearly calling us to pray. It's informing us and advising us that our best weapon, our sword, is prayer. Um, the scripture then goes on to say, and don't forget to pray for me. Pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it at the right time. Telling the mystery to one and all, the message that I, jailbred preacher that I am, am responsible for getting out. And um, as I said, this, this passage comes from the Bible. It comes from a book called Ephesians. But when it was written, it wasn't written as a book called Ephesians. It was written by this guy called Paul um, to a church in Ephesus, where he, which he had planted a few years before. Um, The incredible thing about this letter is Paul wrote it while he was a prisoner. He wrote it uh, probably about 60 years after Jesus died. And prisons, I don't know if you know much about prisons, but in AD 60, in the first century, prisons weren't like the prisons that we've seen on Orange is the New Black or on Prison Break or any other white-collar police drama that you might watch. They weren't like that at all. Actually, googled what did first century prisons look like. And um, and the first thing that came up in this um, thing that I read was that people viewed prisons... I can't find where I am in my notes. Um, People viewed prisons as a hopeless... It meant death, despair, sickness of mind and body, and humiliation. The cells were like dungeons. The windows were teeny tiny because they were worried about people climbing out of them. 
Um, there were no toilets facilities. And because of the small windows, it was dark all the time, didn't have toilets. They wouldn't have had individual cells. They'd have all been together. They'd have been chained. The Bible tells us that Paul was, was regularly beaten, stripped, and humiliated. So there was absolutely nothing glamorous or, or hopeful about his circumstance. He was literally in the grossest, most disgusting, smelly, dark place you could ever imagine. Yet he's writing to the Ephesians, and he's not saying, pray that I'm going to get free, pray that I'll have a change in my circumstance, pray that I'll be released, pray that I can escape from this place. He's, pr- he's writing to them saying, pray that I'm going to speak more, pray that I can speak more about Jesus. And considering it was preaching the gospel that got him locked up in the first place, he's either an incredibly stupid man with a death wish, or he's an incredibly brave man with an incredibly important message to share. And I choose to believe the latter of those. The Passion Translation actually puts his words like this. It says that Paul said to the Ephesians, pray that I may preach the wonderful good news of God's kingdom with bold freedom at every opportunity. And I think that's, I think at a a time when most of us, myself included, I would be putting my head down, I'd be keeping quiet, I'd be hoping to be released on good behaviour. Paul's not doing that at all. Paul's saying, Paul's praying for more chances to speak out about Jesus, more chances to speak with bold freedom into his circumstance and into the lives of those around him. And um, I wonder, what does that look like for us? What, what can that mean for us in our context? What might that look like in your life? How can, we, how can you speak bold freedom into your everyday circumstances? I'm guessing that probably none of us will ever have to sit in a dungeon in our own feces, and, but, which is good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what, what awful circumstances might you be in? Um, and, and what might your sphere of influence look like if you're speaking in bold freedom um, within those situations at every opportunity? What might change in our lives if instead of praying for a change in our situations, we pray for the courage to fearlessly declare Jesus inside that situation? So how do we do that? What does that mean? Um, I mentioned earlier about being in a war, and it's true. We're in a spiritual battle. The Bible tells us that. Um, It's a battle against powers and principalities, not against people necessarily. And the Bible teaches us that God's word is an indispensable weapon, as I read earlier. Um, God also has given us something else that Paul talks about just before. One moment. (laughs) Is He's given us this, which is a shield of faith. This is only quite a small shield. But um, we've all got a shield of faith. And the, the shield of faith is specifically given to us to put out the fiery darts of the enemy. We hold up our shield of faith. The lies are coming in, but they're not getting to me because my shield is, my shield is up. Um, so we hold on to God's truth and we don't allow the lies to get through. And to put this in the context of maybe as a schools worker, what are the lies that I might believe as a schools worker? I might believe that schools are impossible to get into with the gospel. I might believe I could never make any difference in the schools that I go into. I might believe that, that the school doesn't want me there. I might believe that my lessons are boring. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> Blazer lie. <laughs> But it makes, it makes me wonder, what lies are we believing about our lives? What lies are we believing? Do you know the Bible says that you've been made right with God and you're perfect in his sight? But how often do you let the lie of guilt and shame override that truth? In order to wield our sword of truth and keep our shield of faith held high, we need to know what God's word's saying. We need to immerse ourselves in the word and we need to know the truth about who God says we are. We're loved, chosen, accepted, and co-heirs with Christ. Um, completely forgiven. 
Nikki Sims, who's the leader of my church network, recently said this. She said, to follow Jesus is to be continually changed by him. So I want to challenge you today. Are you the same Christian you were a year ago? Are you the same Christian you were 10 years ago? A, a month ago? A week ago? I, if you know Jesus and, and he is the, the saviour of your life, are you spending time with him? Just as you'd nurture and develop a friendship or a courtship or any relationship with a human, it's really important that we spend time. You know when you spend time with people, you adopt their mannerisms and you find yourself saying something like, oh, that was so-and-so. This is totally like so-and-so. A very wise lady once told me to, to think about my time with Jesus like at the beginning of a new dating relationship. And she said, if you went on the same date to the same place at the same time once a week and did the same thing, how do you think your relationship would, would thrive? Would it thrive and flourish? Or would it seem like it was really dry? And it doesn't matter how interesting that person is. If you do the same thing week in, week in, week in, week out, like the phrase is, um, would you really be, be making your relationship better or would you just be getting bored? So why do we often treat our relationship with Jesus the same way? So I was trying to think of all the different ways that you might be able to relate to Jesus to, to give some, some ideas out there. And um, some things you can try new things to try are things like listening to podcasts or downloading worship albums, reading books, devotional books, um, Bible books, <laughs> subscribing to blogs. There's so much good stuff out there um, on blogs. One thing I love to do is listen to preachers from other churches that are online. YouTube is an amazing source of Bible study, uh, Bible teaching. Or go for a long walk. Ask God to speak to you in the, from the things that you see, from um, him to speak to you through nature. But the most important thing in this is to include God in that, in that conversation. Ask God, God, how do you want me to relate to you in this season? What is it that you want me to be, how do you want me to be relating to you? And he will answer you. And I really, really, really believe that if we as his people are connecting well with God, maintaining a good relationship with him, using, learning to use our sword and our shield well, as we get better and better at fighting, aka praying, worshipping, believing his truths about us, we'll see the kingdom come. We're going to see light overcome darkness in our world, in Bilariki. And um, this leads me into my final, final kind of offering for you tonight, which is four Ps which you can use to support um, SMB because I couldn't get through a preach without alliteration and props because that's who I am. <laughs> um, the first P that you can do to, to partner with us is partner, is partner financially. Um, one-off gifts, regular giving, speak to Gary about it if you'd like to partner with us financially, that would be great. The second thing is pray. Pom-pom prayers, Charlotte talked about earlier, which I was really pleased it began with a P because it fitted in really well. <laughs> pom-pom prayers are over there. Grab a pom-pom, pray for us. Pray for, for the staff, pray for our trustees. They're all amazing. Um, pray for our volunteers, for the children and young people in our schools, for the staff of our schools. But remember how Paul prayed, not to change the situation, but for courage to fearlessly declare Jesus in that situation. So remember that when you're praying for us. The third P is play with us. Did you know you can volunteer with SMB? You can come and be part of a lunchtime group or schools pastors. We're always looking for volunteers. So if that's something you feel like you could um, get involved with, come and speak to any of us afterwards. We'd love to chat to you. And the fourth P is prophetically declaring. And this goes alongside prayer, but it does not, it's not instead of prayer. Um, and using scripture as a guide, we'll speak out prophetically what we want to see God doing in our towns and schools. And this is so key because we're not begging God. We are not begging God to move in our town. We're actually on the front foot. We're on the winning team. And it's about time we start praying like we believe that. So I'm going to ask you to, 
hopefully stand with me in this. Um, and put our money where our mouth is right now. And I'm gonna, I've got seven declarations that I would really, that I'm going to declare over Billericay tonight. And if you'd like to join me in that, then please stand up. And they're going to come up on the screen. And we're going to say them out loud together. So, we declare that Jesus Christ is Lord of the schools in Villariki, and they are places where the King of Glory is welcome. We declare that God has plans to prosper the schools of Villariki, to give them a hope and a future, and that He has come to give us life in its fullness. We declare that Billeriki is a town which welcomes the Holy Spirit. We declare that Billeriki is a town which is receptive to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We declare that Billeriki is a town where people are lovers of God, not lovers of money, walk in humility oops, and grace, pursue trust, honour and love in family relationships, abound in gratitude, walk in holiness and purity. We strength and security is found in God. We declare over Billeriki that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. You can sit down now if you want to. <laughs> so I'm just going to pray I thank you God that this is your truth help us Lord to walk in that truth and trust in you not in the lies of the enemy help us to hold our shields of faith up high and increase our knowledge of your word as we seek to honour you and your precious Holy Spirit in Jesus name so there is one last thing. So I know I said final thing, but now there's another final thing. <laughs> um, is that um, I have, up, it's up on the screen already. This is a, um, a prophetic declaration, really, and kind of a commissioning for, um, for myself. Charlotte, Sue and Ruth are, are all happy to say this. Um, and our trustees and everybody. But actually, if, you, if you're a staff member of SMB, can you stand up for me, please? If you're a trustee of SMB, can you stand up for me, please? If you volunteer in any capacity for SMB, can you stand up, please? Um, if you go to a school that SMB comes into, can you stand up for me, please? If you're the parent of somebody that goes to the school. <laughs> if you belong to a church that supports SMB, stand up for me, please. <laughs> I'm assuming that means everybody in the room is standing. Um, so I would, like to, I would like us to pray this prayer over our own lives, um, on behalf of SMB, but also on behalf of your individual lives. So, um, yeah, God takes us seriously when we say this stuff. So, yeah. I pray that God's revelation would be released through me every time I open my mouth. I pray that I may preach the wonderful news of God's kingdom with bold freedom at every opportunity. Even when I may feel chained or restricted, I declare I am his ambassador. Awesome. Thank you, God. You are amazing, and we love you. And, and as we've declared this stuff, God, take us seriously at our word. And I pray, Lord, that you will help us to, to hold those shields of faith up high, and you will help us to wield our swords well, and immerse ourselves in you and in your word. 
In your precious holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm done. I love that we have uh, said some really strong declarations this evening. Uh, Within our youth work this morning, we started with declarations uh, when we were doing, we started the Freedom in Christ course with our young people. And this morning, we were saying declarations over each other. And um, words are such a powerful thing. We We can bring somebody down and we can uplift and encourage someone so powerfully as well. What we say uh, will echo in the things that we do within Billericay. Declare these prayers over your lives every single day and be praying for, for the SMV staff, for us as trustees, the volunteers, all the children, teachers, uh, they need your prayers. And uh, I'm going to pray now for us as we're going to take up an offering uh, for this evening for the work, uh, schools ministry, Billericay. And uh, if you do want to uh, give um, regularly, uh, then please come and talk to me. Um, We've taken on two extra staff in faith, and God has been good so far, and I declare that he will be good in the future as well. Um, But that's through prayer, and that's through sacrifice as well sometimes. So um, let's stand now. I'm going to pray for our offering, and we're going to sing Build Your Kingdom. So Father God, I thank you for everything that you have given us at Schools Ministry Billericay. This is your work, Father, and we pray that your kingdom's resources would be released uh, to see us able to offer more support uh, for our schools in Billericay in areas that you want us to work in. Not that we want to work in, but you want us to work in, Father. So I pray now as we, as we gather in money, as we just like in banks and all that kind of stuff as well, I thank you, Father, for the prayer and for the financial uh, giving uh, for schools ministry, Billericay. And Lord, as we sing, build your kingdom, may you be blessed and may we act in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, Father, it's so good to, to look back on what you've done with thankfulness. And it's so good to look forward with hope. Hope that is not based on what we wish will happen, but that is based on your goodness and your faithfulness and your word. So, Father, we thank you and we look forward and we thank you for the future. I pray for all my friends and my family that are here, my church family. Lord, would you, um, would you bless them as they support schools ministry? And we thank you for this wonderful town that you are Lord of. Would you bless us as we bless you? In Jesus' name, amen. amen.